Wash, rinse, repeat. It's like, what? I mean, when do you want, when am I supposed to update? I can't update at night because you don't have me charged. I can't update during the day while it's charging because you're working, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. Right. So what do you want me to do? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Harris Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And you're listening and or watching the Snob West Show, the show for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome back, everyone, to um, our weekly show. We are glad to have you along for the ride. So let's go ahead and hop into today into today's show where we start with the lowdown, where we talk all things Apple. Um, There were a couple of updates that um, were released to the public um, this week. Uh, The first one being iOS 14.6. And pretty much um, what's included in this update, um, we talked about, I think a little bit last week, podcast subscriptions. is was included in this update um which allows for content creators like us to use apple podcast subscriptions instead as you know kind of an alternative to patreon so you can uh, have your um, supporters listeners um, subscribe to your channel for um, additional um, content um, and, um, the subscription prices are of course set by each individual creator and it is billed monthly by default. Um, it also gives, um, content creators the option to offer annual billing, which typically when people do annual billing, you shave a little bit off. So it's a better deal rather than paying it monthly. And you can manage all of this from your Apple ID account settings. Mm-hmm. So that is, um, the first thing, um, the next thing is Apple Card Family. So where you can have one Apple Card and you can have your kids on it, your spouse on it. Um, uh, of course, anyone uh, 13 years and older can be a part of this. Um, it allows for, um, you know, uh, oh, I think we might have lost Terrence. So we will... Give it a moment to come back. Not quite sure. Let's see if we can get Terrence back on. Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm not sure what happened. It looks like the live kept going. It just kind of dropped. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. We'll keep it moving. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, um, Apple Card Family, um, now being live. Um, again, it allows for multiple people to be on one Apple Card and the, I'm assuming the primary owner, um, can see and track all of the expenditures for that particular card. Um, the other thing that's included in yeah, this update, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, um, 
according to the story, it says uh, add support for families, expenses, manage spending with optional limits and controls and build credit together. So I'm curious as to where if this if like, for instance, my daughter is 13, if I were to make her a quote unquote authorized user, a part of uh, Apple Card family, is she using her own card or is she an authorized user under my account? Hmm. This story says or it gives off the impression that I can add my daughter as a user. She'll get her own card and the purchases that she does and paying off the card, it'll build her credit. See, I was, I don't know. I was thinking that, so say you have a card and you have a thousand dollar limit. I just figured that, you know, of that thousand dollars, everybody, if you have three people on it, you, your wife and your daughter, that that thousand dollars is for everybody. Yeah. Well, so maybe I'm not sure how credit cards work, but I guess if she has her own card, the way it reads again Mm -hmm. is if she has her own card, she swipes a purchase. It shows her credit card made that purchase. And then, like you mentioned, that thousand dollar credit card limit, I then go and pay that off. Then it shows on her credit. I mean, I have to, again, I have to look that into it, but Again, you know, correct us if we're wrong, if that's how credit cards work nowadays. But I assumed hmm. an authorized user was the person that the owner of the account is getting the benefits of buying all these charges and then turn around and paying it off. They're getting the benefit on their credit. Yeah, I don't know. It says with that reading from an article in 9to5Mac, it says with that Apple credit, Apple's credit card can be shared with up to five people. So I don't know if that one card is shared or I don't know. It's weird. If anybody knows, you know, hit us up and let us know because I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm guessing that's how credit cards work nowadays. I can. I guess so. Hmm. Interesting. All right. The uh, next thing that this uh, iOS update includes is some updates to AirTags, uh, making it... Um, uh, a little bit more, uh, I guess, accessible, some improvements to the app, uh, to the Find My app itself. Um, it says, uh, if you lose the item tracker, the lost mode now offers the option to add an email address instead of a phone number. Yeah, because when it just released, you just had to put your phone number, say, you know, if lost, contact this phone number. Now they give people the options to use their internet email address if they don't want to give out their cell phone number. And it says that the phone number is partially masked. So you may see like the first three or four digits of the number um, associated. Um, Yeah. So, So, you know, if somebody (laughs) doesn't find your AirTag and they got your number to give you your AirTag bank, it's like, well, now that I have your number, let me give it to this uh, email marketing so you can spam your email. Your text message. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's all a very unique uh, balancing act. Yeah. Email is a more publicly known yeah. identifier than your cell phone number. Right. All right. So the next thing is Shazam, the 
app that allows you to find out the name and artists of songs that you may hear, that you may like, that you've never heard of. It's now available in App Clip, which is the micro version of the app without having to actually um, have the full app on, on your device. So I guess that kind of makes sense because normally you have to kind of scroll to the app, find the app, and then clap, uh, snap the listen now. So it looks like it may make it easier to uh, use the clip rather than the full app. Well, I don't know because Apple bought Shazam. Oh, they did. And Apple is, when I say Apple, Shazam is built into Siri. So you could very easily say, hey, Siri, what song is this? Mm-hmm. She'll listen and she's, oh, I'm, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> You can say, hey, girl, (laughs) what song is this? And Siri is using Shazam and its technology to find that music. And then it will reveal uh, the song in, you know, uh, um, another screen to where you can pull it up, get more information. So I'm curious as to. What's the benefit of having it as an app clip then? Well, again, I think it's the benefit of since it's built into Siri. And now built into app clips, you still don't have to have the Shazam proper app. Mm, okay. Now, the benefit to the Shazam proper app is it gives you a whole bunch of additional things you can do with that song. Like you can, you can, you can um, it can do karaoke in the mm. sense that it'll play, it'll show you the lyrics while it's playing. Like you traditionally will see in karaoke, you can buy the song, you know, you click a button, it'll take you directly to Apple. I think you can add it to your library too, right? Right, right. This is all within the Shazam proper app. But if you don't care about any of that and you just want to know what song it is, you can use Siri, like I mentioned before, and now you can use an app clip. Okay, cool. And the last thing that this uh, update includes is Apple Music lossless capabilities. I want to say we talked about this last week as well. Um, uh, they they launched this, huh? It launches in June, huh? So I guess they're just getting you primed and ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll be able to uh, use Adobe Atmos uh, Spatial Audio um, and uh, Lossless. Um, but again, you have to have the upgrade in order for this to um, to work. And mm-hmm. that's the, the last big thing in here. And it looks like they're saying that it will... Um, be rolling out officially in June, which is honestly only uh, a few days away. Right. <laughs> so uh, I guess they're making sure you get your app, uh, your phone and your devices upgraded. So once June hits, you will just be ready to rock and roll with the new lossless feature in Apple Music. Yeah. And there's a couple other things in 14.6, but it's all security stuff, you know, patching Patching exploits and, you know, uh, making sure nobody can do nefarious things. So if any reason, again, the reason why you want to update, keep your phone as up to date as possible is to make sure security is tight. Yep. And that leads honestly into the update of Big Sur, um, which um, uh, came out. uh, uh, Was it? Was it last week or was it this yeah. week? What? I can't remember. Oh. The the Big Sur eleven dot four update. Um it had to be it had to be this week. I think it was yeah, this, this week this because week. I just updated both uh all of my devices. 
Um, so it, you know, some of the things that comes with this is expanded support for external GPUs, fixes some Safari bugs. Um, but the biggest thing is that it um, provides a security patch for an exploit that they found that allows malware to take screenshots without the user's knowledge. Um, again, this is also an article from 9to5Mac. So it sounds like the biggest thing from the macOS update of Big Sur is to give you some additional security from exploits that they that they find. Um, a company, um, uh, Jamf, J-A-M-F, mm, yeah. I guess yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, they're a super popular uh, mobile device management system, but they're specifically for Apple devices. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you think some of these other big mobile device management that can do Apple, Mac, you know, Android, whatever else, um, this Jamf one is just primarily Apple. Yeah. And um, they found um, this malware, and I'm assuming like Apple know, but it seemed as if that that malware was specifically um, targeted to Mac developers and it m- mostly had issues with Xcode, which honestly kind of makes sense if you're in Xcode and you want to screenshot the screen to kind of jack somebody's code, then I guess that's what attackers want to get a copy of your your code of, of what you're working on. So mm-hmm. um, that's the biggest, um, you know, fix uh, in that. And again, Exploits and people injecting, you know, malware is nothing new. Um, people find, you know, these types of exploits all the time because there's no such thing as a hundred percent bug free code. I don't think anybody holds really anybody to that. That's why you get all these patches and updates usually right after something is released because something is found. Um, after, you know, you go live. So, um, definitely keep, turn the automatic updates on, on your devices and make your life simple. It's one of those things where you don't have to necessarily be, um, completely tuned into what's going on in the, in the tech ecosystem as it relates to different types of malware exploits or even just general updates. Turn it on, and makes it easy. It makes life easy. And not only turn it on. But you have to leave your devices plugged in and charged up at night for the updates to take because I can see it now. <laughs> People let their devices run all day. Then they don't charge it up at night. And then in the morning when they notice that they're low on battery, they plug it up. Mm-hmm. But then when they get the notification that says your device is about to update, do it now, do it later, do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They click do it tomorrow because they assume, well, I'm working right now. I don't need you to be updating, shutting down, restarting because I need to get this work done. So they click later, later, later. And don't charge later. (laughs) But they're charging it while they're working. And then when they're done working, (laughs) they unplug it. And then the... wash rinse repeat (laughs) it's like what i mean when do you want when am i supposed to update i can't update at night because you don't have me charged i can't update during the day while it's charging because you're working Mm -hmm. quote unquote right so what do you want me to do yeah (laughs) exactly so definitely that's a great point to to bring out if you're going to have the automatic updates on 
make sure the updates happen overnight because typically you're asleep and not on your phone. So that's the perfect time to do your update. All right, let's head on over to the next thing. WWDC is starting in, uh, not next week, but the week after, June 7th through the 11th. Typically when, um, you know, Apple gets ready to have any type of event, they send out a, um, an email, um, about the event starting. So, um, people try and take clues and hints from, um, from the different, uh, images. images to try and see if there is something that they can glean from, um, from the image to see, hey, what can we do? What can we figure out? What can we tell from, um, from the image to give us an idea? Um, so this week, um, actually on Monday, they released, um, a couple of images and a, um, and a little animation of, um, the Memoji. So I'm trying to, okay, there it is. It updated. So the Memoji of a woman, um, sitting at a laptop and in the animation, I'm not sure. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's loading now. Trying to see if you guys can see it. In any event, the screen, she's sitting in front of a laptop and Mm -hmm. the laptop, laptop slowly opens and then you see her face. She got this shocked look like, Oh my gosh. So Uh this, uh, this year's, um, event is called, what is it? Something in glow. I forgot. Glow and behold. So Uh a lot of people are assuming that since the animation is of a person, a woman, uh, Memoji looking at a laptop, the actual, um, image from, uh, shoot. The actual image that was sent in the email is of three emojis sitting in front of a laptop screen, each in front of their own laptop screen. There it is. I was trying to find where the link was. It should be showing. Yes. Um, looks like two um, female emojis and one male emoji. They're each sitting in front of what appears to be a laptop screen. So people read all types of things into that and they are assuming that the new 14 inch and, um, 16 inch, uh, laptops, uh, with M1, possibly M2, um, chips being, um, in those devices. So a lot of people are really digging into these images to try and figure it out. And one of the things is it appears, of course, that it's a laptop, but one of the other, um, things that, uh, that the Colton Mac, uh, found was they zoomed in on the lenses of one of the emojis and you can see in the reflection mm-hmm. of the glasses of the, of one of the emojis, it's some code in there. And what the, of course, someone zoomed in, flipped the image and what apparently that code is for, one is for eat, one is for sleep. 
and one is for laptop, is for um, a laptop image. So someone, the some are saying it could be Eat Sleep Mac as, you know, a sub theme. Um, but of course, you know, the person we've talked about before, John Prosser, he said he can confirm MacBook Pro. He's probably just guessing like the rest of us because we see all of the emojis in the announcement um, are looking at a laptop screen. Yeah. Um, I may not have figured it out. Well, let me not give myself some credit. <laughs> um, I would have noticed that this Momoji is looking at this screen and she has cold on her glasses. Now, I probably couldn't have figured out what the cold meant, but this is pretty much, this is not super sleuthing. No. You know, this is not some Sherlock Holmes, you know, the Da Vinci Code, <laughs> you know, crack in here. It's pretty straightforward what it right. is. Right. And Apple has kind of been that way for the past couple of events. You know, you know, they put maybe letters or numbers in the design mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the case The colors and the swirls for the last one that kind right. of said about. This is not yeah. some, you know go on this national treasure type hunt <laughs> in order to decode this thing. You know, they, they, Apple is pretty much set precedent right. to let you know that something in this e- evite or invite will be, give you some sort of clue as to what they're going what to expect. announce or say at the actual event. So, I mean, hats out to them for figuring it out, but I mean, Come on. Yeah, it's you, you get kudos, but you relax. Know. This is not earth shattering, right? And we, the thing is, the MacBook Pro was coming anyway, right? Because especially anyway, with so. the M2 chips we talked about, you know, those are going to production. And typically, WWDC is usually focused on software, and I think people are a little, you know, woo because it looks as if it it appears as if it's going to be some hardware announced during the conference because it is a developer conference. And usually all the software is kind of like a preview of, of what's to come and the developers get to kind of play around with the software. And they normally, they normally announce their higher end hardware at WWDC. Cause like you mentioned, it's for developers. So, you know, you think those higher end more, uh, users who need more power they need more graphics they need more specs mm-hmm. so that's when they normally announce some of their the pro level stuff is at wwdc so again not hating congratulations <laughs> on you know doing your little cold cracking but relax yeah <laughs> yeah so um at least uh we can see uh you know get an idea of what the expectation is i'm pretty um, you know, I always like WDC, but um, it's, you know, it's cool. And as a person who's been waiting for the 16-inch laptop, I'm starting to get, you know, a little more excited because it's almost time for me to be able to buy it. I'm figuring they probably won't be available till the fall. Probably they during... probably won't be cheap. So you may have to have some decisions on you taking all these trips with all these people <laughs> that we talked about in the pre-show. And getting this laptop because a 16 inch M2 MacBook Pro with all these ports and all this extra stuff, it ain't gonna be cheap, Jack. No, but I'm excited for it. Can't wait. So, all right. So that is it about WWDC. Um, 
and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more once we actually get into June. Um, and of course, um, WDC, WWDC, you can, um, again, it's conference, uh, all week conference. Uh, you can, um, it starts, um, June 7th, as I said before, at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. So that's, uh, when it, 1 uh, p.m. Eastern and it goes through the 11th. Um, expectation is that Tim is going to do his opening keynote. Um, we'll hear, you know, all of the high level trappings that most people care about. Um, you can watch the, uh, stream on Apple's events page. Um, I'm not sure. It doesn't say if it's going to be on YouTube because I think in the past, the previous events were streamed on YouTube as well. But as of now, you can watch, you will be able to watch it on Apple's website. All right. Um, the last thing we have in second string, um, title, they have finally launched an Apple watch app, um, that uh, includes streaming and offline playback. Um, I guess title is fine. Like we need to step our game up because of course you have Apple music, which is a native app of Spotify, which is extremely popular. And if they want to compete with those two, they are going to have to make sure that they have an app for it. I know um, I've mentioned before, I am a title user and a Spotify user. So um, finally, it's about time that they finally, you know, got it together and 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 got an Apple Watch uh, app for for title. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of jealous, uh, simply because Sonos uh, ditched their uh, Apple Watch app. It would have been nice to be able to use uh, my watch to actually control my playlist via Sonos. Um, I'm back and forth in between Sonos and um, maybe getting some more, uh, getting HomePods, mm-hmm. simply because the newer Sonos offer AirPlay. So basically... Technically speaking, I can use my phone, just be listening to Apple Music, and I can stream that to my Sonos devices without actually having to use the Sonos interface. Mm. So it's kind of like a back and forth that I do, you know, because I'm still hoping that Apple comes out with a soundbar. Because, again, the benefit of using Apple's like a HomePod or soundbar, if it ever comes out, mm-hmm. is the fact that I can stream directly from Apple Music. But since Sonos has AirPlay 2 enabled, I can do the same thing. But the functionality is different. So all that to say, all around the world to say, I still be nice to also have a Sonos <laughs> Apple Watch app. Right. To where I can get that additional functionality that Sonos offers when I'm not using the uh, Apple Music app. Because one thing Sonos does a good job of is playing different songs in different areas and different volumes. You can do like you can have a totally different experience in this room and have a totally different experience in another room using Sonos versus Apple Music. It's not that cohesive like that. Mm-hmm. So all that say it'd be nice if Sonos step up their game and get an Apple Watch. But, you know, shout outs to the title title folks. Yep. Yep. Super excited to finally get that app. All right. That is it for the lowdown. Let's head over to second string where we talk all other tech. 
Uh, the first thing on the docket, which was surprising to me when I saw it, uh, especially based on what we know about Google, but uh, it appears that they have partnered with um, a healthcare um, company, um, which has over 181 hospitals um, in that network. And I think we lost Terrence again. Are you there? Hey, there you go. I don't know what's going on. We got the message saying a poor connection, but I'm not sure whose connection is it. Skype's? It has. I don't know. It has to be has to be Skype's because I was checking the live stream and the live stream is still going. I'm still connected to Skype, so I don't know. Well, maybe it's me, but I mean, I'm jacked in and I'm steadily watching my network connection. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Something about Google about to steal your data. Yeah, from your your medical data. So uh, Google has uh, made a deal to uh, partner uh, with HCA, which has 181 hospitals and uh, more than 2,000 healthcare sites in 21 states. So um, they are, I guess Google. I don't. I don't even think partnering is the word, but they are working with this um, healthcare conglomerate um, to provide um, healthcare algorithms. For the company, um, Google, they're saying will store the data anonymized uh, from patient records, so it won't necessarily be directly linked, but they will have the uh, patient data for um, for all of the, I'm assuming, employees and patients as well, um, and the data will be used to build programs that um, could help. Um, doctors make decisions about uh, patient care. It appears that this is a multi-year deal, um, but it doesn't specify um, exactly how long this partnership is. And it doesn't appear to um, have a whole lot of detail, which I'm sure is by design because it is um, healthcare data. They don't want to probably give out too much information um, so that you know, any bad actors that would come along and, and, you know, get involved, um, it would ease some of that. But yeah, I thought that it was very interesting that, um, a healthcare company would partner with, um, you know, someone like Google, especially with all of the recent issues surrounding data and data privacy to start to build this. You mentioned that there wasn't a lot of information not because they want to be sensitive to your data to make sure any random actors come and take it. No, they want to be vague on purpose. Yeah. So they don't give you an idea of what they plan on doing with the data. Now, according to the story, they say, and I quote, we want to push the boundaries of what the clinician can do in real time with data. But if you're partnering with Google, And even though your data will be anonymized, uh, it will be connected to your smart devices. And Google's main business is to sell ads. So I can imagine you going into a doctor's visit. They, you know, collect data, whether it be blood temperature, whether it be whatever they collect, whatever you went in there for. And then soon you you'll start see, seeing ads. You start seeing ads about, hey, this new blood pressure meter mm-hmm. or, ooh, you know, check out this new ad for this new prescription that just 
happens to coincide with your doctor with, visit. With, yeah. the, with the with the what you was just prescribed. <laughs> yeah, and they made mention to note we're reading an article from The Verge that this healthcare company HCA made 3.75 billion in profits during 2020 despite all of the COVID stuff. So, yeah. Um, and if you keep reading, National Nurses said <laughs> that in February, the company prioritized income over patient and staff safety. Nurses reported staff shortages and cutbacks on personal protective equipment. So, do but the they math, made almost four billion in profits. Do the math, mm-hmm. and uh, Google said, "Hey, we will pay you millions and millions of dollars." for this data that you have and they said Bet. take it do <laughs> what you need to do and i guarantee you google's going to figure out how to way to uh sell us ads against that and again that's just me being skeptic being being a cynic but come on now we know what i think is. you're pretty much right on par especially with what we know about how they use their data in some of the previous lawsuits and some of the previous data breaches but um it's it gets real shaky when you start talking about healthcare data uh, and now it'll be anonymized yeah but they'll be able to know what prescriptions people are taking mm-hmm. they'll know what things the outcomes of it in. if you're overweight you might start seeing you know weight loss ads or you know nutrition programs you know they can they can take that anonymized data and figure out trends mm-hmm. and they'll use those trends to sell to advertisers and say hey the trend is people are fat mm-hmm. so you might want to buy some ads talking buy about weight loss buy up some loss. more ads right buy up some more ads about weight loss training and I guarantee you, all these different people, we've got all this data. I'm pretty sure you'll get your money back. Yep. Because they say healthcare algorithms. They don't specify what mm-hmm. type. That's a very, very broad term. Algorithms is an extremely broad term. Healthcare is an extremely broad term. So if you are with an HCA hospital, that's just something to keep in mind, um, you know, as this deal as it's called in this article, um, starts and, and goes to market. And I'm pretty sure they've already started. So, yeah. Microsoft and Amazon also have deals with hospitals to analyze their patient information. So this ain't the first, this won't be the last. Nope. And a lot of the big tech companies are doing it. So it's probably going to touch us all at some point. All right. Next up is Microsoft but not Big Willie style information. Um, apparently we are getting a new iteration of Windows. Um, I think MS Build started this week, um, which is Microsoft's um, conference similar to you know WWDC. Um, and I think uh, Google I.O. was just uh, last week as well. So the CEO of Microsoft uh, said he's been using it for some months. He's very pleased with what he's seeing and he's excited for it to come to market. He didn't give too much details around what the new uh, operating system will look like. Um, And it doesn't appear that they will be really discussing it during uh, MS Build this week. Just know that it is forthcoming and they are excited about it. So if you just got used to using Windows 10, um, you're about to probably have to forget that and start with whatever 
this latest iteration of Windows is. Um, in addition to a new uh, uh, operating system, they have been working diligently on their app store, uh, likely trying to compete with uh, Apple's app store as well as Google's Play Store. Um, they're going to make, quote, significant changes, significant UI changes um, in the operating system. So um, it should be interesting to see what flushes out. I have to use a PC for work. So it will be interesting to see what new changes they have in store because they did just announce that Internet Explorer is being buried. Uh, they are trying to focus and get everyone steadily using um, Edge. So yeah, so appears big things are coming to PCs. Well, um, so Microsoft has an issue of being so depending. Uh, a lot of businesses, pretty much the majority of the world depends on Microsoft, depends on PCs to run their businesses. You know, we can I'll talk about how cool Apple is, how, you know, Android, Google, whatever. But let's be real. The world runs on Windows. PCs, yep. right? So they have to, they can't move and change and adjust and try new things as nimbly and as swiftly as an Apple because they don't have a lot of people, nearly the amount of people, same amount of people using Apple devices as there are PCs. So Apple can change something and be like, hey, y'all users, do this now versus Microsoft, Microsoft's, they can't because entire <laughs> industries <laughs> could crush if Microsoft said, hey, do this now, right? Uh, one of the things I can think of, one of the main things is how you download and install applications on a PC, right? The Microsoft Store has been out for a long, 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 long time. And it's I not can't great. Think one, I can't think of one time where I've actually went into the Microsoft Store and be like, ooh, let's see what new application or service that I can download. I'll go to the website of the thing that I want. I'll click download, mm -hmm. it downloads to my computer, I go to the downloads folder, I open it, it loads, installs, I go about my business. Yep. Completely ignoring the Windows Store. Yep. So I think Microsoft is finally saying, okay, we need to start to figure out how to get some of these old, older users to adopt this new way of just installing stuff for it, for example. Mm -hmm. So they're probably going to do a better job or introduce this main, this new way of, you know, develop working. They mentioned the story of working with developers, working, you know, so on and so forth to try to get them to start to utilize the Microsoft store more versus just giving the application software installs directly to users. So they got to figure out how to do that because they want to be like an Apple. Like you mentioned, they want to be like a Google mm -hmm. to where they have Microsoft is the middleman, you know, in order to get the user experience that they want to the actual users. So that's my assumption that they're going to figure out a better way to utilize a Microsoft store to get most of your applications from there versus just download them off the Internet. Right. And it already, and it mentioned in the article that they've already started with some new system icons, uh, file explorer improvements, and they're getting rid of what, uh, the Windows 95 era icon. So it looks like it's going to be a full facelift across the board, um, for not only the OS, but the way you interact 
with the, you know, apps as well. So, um, again, they don't mention a date. The only thing that Nadella said was quote, very soon. So I'm assuming they're probably going to have a completely separate announcement, um, regarding the new, um, windows. So, and it's called, what is this? Microsoft confirmed last week that windows 10 X 10, 10, well, I think they're getting rid of that. Uh, hold on. Uh, Nadella, Sasha Nadella, specific mention of next generation of Windows is interesting. Two, Microsoft typically refers to everything as Windows 10, and this language could suggest the company is preparing for a more significant shift. Microsoft confirmed that last week that Windows 10X or 1010, whatever you want to call it, its OS originally built for dual screen devices will no, no longer shift. Ah. <laughs> So they're getting so, rid of that too. Interesting. Yeah. So they're trying. They keep on trying some new things. Like I said, uh, most of the world still run on PCs, but it's not sexy. So they're yeah. trying to figure out how to sexy it up. Yeah. yeah. How to make it a little <laughs> bit more enticing for the young ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They're trying to keep up with the sexiness of, you know, a Google or an Apple. All right. Finally, uh, in second string, This seems fairly absurd to me, but I guess whatever. Uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook are um, allowing uh, its users to hide their likes. So I think when they tried this last time, uh, people were freaking out because, again, we know that there are so many influencers, particularly on Instagram, probably more Instagram than Facebook, Mm-hmm. And um, people need those likes so that they can that validation, that validation and influence and make money and and all that good stuff. So they're giving users the option to hide the like count. To me, I, I see where they're going. They didn't want to completely get rid of it because people were freaking out. But then they also want to try and have some semblance of people not so focused on likes. But if you are an influencer, you are not going to hide your like count. And if you're a regular person, what's the benefit of you having your like count hitting? I I don't know. They have to do something because, again, you know, likes and comments and all of this social proof is really getting to people, Mm -hmm. right? You know, people are really being affected by their whole moods shift. If they don't have on, enough likes on their photo right, based or their on post. The attention that their posts are getting. You can mm-hmm. see it in Twitter. You know, people will just say things mm-hmm. just to get attention from people, whether it be regular people, whether it be celebrities or whatever the case may be. You know, so For most of the people the, they don't even know. Right. So you take that to Instagram and, you know, since Instagram is very visual, you know, those likes, you know, mean something so much so that it's starting to be a negative. So, you know, they had to do something to say, look, we are not about to be the detriment of society and their mental health. We're going to make sure that we can at least say we did our part Mm -hmm. to help mental health, particularly for you know, the younger kids who are on these apps that one aren't even supposed to be on there. But, you know, I mean, it's not, honestly, it's not just, you know, teenagers. It's full grown adults who their whole 
life is wrapped up in how many users uh, who've liked their post or how many times their video has been seen or how many comments they have. But I, I get it. Now that you say that, this kind of gives them some absolution to say, we did our part to help people's mental health by giving them the option to turn to hide their likes. So you still get the likes. Even if you hide it, you still, your count, your likes are still counted and all that good stuff. So you can still use that information, that data to book your next deal or whatever it is. But at the same time. And even, I mean, it could just be liability, right? Right. It couldn't, it couldn't, it could be. It couldn't even be something as, oh, you know, we care about people's mental health and that, that, that. It could just be like, we just don't want to be liable for society to go down this path, right? And even, I mean, I, I took a quick look at my Instagram to see if I could hide likes. I didn't see it sitting there yet, so I'm not I'm sure. I think it's probably being rolled out incrementally right. like everything else. But uh, my guess is, like you mentioned, you know, because influencers, people are actually making a living. They're making money off of Instagram. And my guess is even with the option to initially hide likes, I'm pretty sure clicking on a more info or actually clicking on the image will reveal all of the surface level analytics, i.e. likes or options, thumbs up or comment or whatever the case may be. It'll quickly reveal those things. It just won't be the first thing you focus on when you go to a picture would be, well, how many likes it gets? Because I can see how even me being a person just looking at Instagram and I see an image that's not mine. I'm not trying to make any money off of it. I'm not tagged in it. I'm not, you know, they wouldn't, it wasn't directed at me, but me looking through images and I see this image has got a million likes. I'm going to stop. And see and what's going on. What is this about? Mm-hmm. And now maybe click on and what are people commenting or what is the context of this image or who's the, you know, whatever the case may be. So that does kind of adversely or positively and negatively, whatever the case may be, it affects me in general versus the likes being sur- on surface level hid. Mm-hmm. I will then naturally be drawn to what I'm interested to versus what everybody else is interested to. So I can see Little changes like that could maybe start to shift things. Hopefully it's not too late. Um, (laughs) Putting the genie back in the bottle is, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Going to be tough. But they are doing something. So we'll see, you know, someone has to be some PhD candidate. You know, somebody has to be studying this so that, you know, 10, 15 years from now, they can collect all this data and come up with a synopsis on how has social media affected mental health, how it's affected, um, you know, um, uh, how we interact, how we interact mm-hmm. and how it has affected, you know, basic living because people are making tons of money off of this. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, only time will tell because again, this is something that we've never had before. Back in the day, we had message boards and those type of things, but nothing on the level of the amount of social media apps that are out now. So only time will tell. Um, and I hope that, uh, you know, I would think if they're doing this whole Instagram for kids, they would have the, you know, some kind of parental controls where parents can turn likes off or comments off 
that type of thing, just so that, you know, it'll be a little bit of protection for, for their kids, but, but who knows? All right. That is it for second string. Let's head on over to for the culture. Um, I originally didn't want to have this discussion, but I thought as I, after I did some research, you know, coming at it from, from this angle, I think it, uh, it may be, you know, a little bit more helpful and less triggering, but, um, yesterday was the yesterday, meaning Tuesday was the one year anniversary in the murder of George Floyd. Um, we know just last, uh, last month, um, that Derek Chauvin was convicted of his murder and we are currently awaiting a uh, sentencing. I think it's supposed to be like a six to eight week, um, amount of, of time to get to the sentencing phase. But instead of focusing on his death, how he died, I wanted to, to, to take a look at it from a different perspective. During that summer of George Floyd's death, we had Ahmaud Aubrey murdered. We had Breonna Taylor murdered. Um, it was a huge summer of protests. The black squares were out there. Everybody was putting black power fists and black lives matter in their bios. All of these companies were just throwing money at, you know, diversity and, and helping and trying to do something along the lines of racial equality, improving, you know, the overall systematic racism that we have in this country. And a lot of promises were made by a lot of companies, whether it was, um, we're going to hire more, um, black and brown people. We're going to, um, have these racial justice funds. We are going to change the way we do business. That's more in line with where we are as a society to be inclusive. So there are a couple of questions that I have that, uh, I wanted to get your take on. The first one is, do you think that companies are following through on all of their promises that they made? And two, has anything improved since last summer? Um, have companies made changes based on the promises? Um, yes. Um, again, back to my thing about Microsoft, for example, you know, they're a big company. They can't just turn on a dime. So you could make the case that all of the pledges, all of the promises, all of the steps, all of the insight that these companies either made or uh, gleaned from, you know, George Floyd and then all the protests over the summertime, you could make the case that a year later is maybe too soon to see some of the effects of some of these pledges and some of these promises and this $4.56 billion um, that was originally pledged. They haven't spent it yet, so we haven't seen the fruits of it yet. Uh, you know, we've done some stories about uh, Apple and, you know, they are opening up these, you know, um, uh, uh, buildings that's going to partner with HBCUs uh, to, you know, hire more, train more 
you know, tech, you know, tech savvy people, whether it be engineering, whether it be STEM, whether it be, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, so you could make the case that, well, I'm pretty sure these companies, <laughs> their <laughs> response to a story like this would be that, you know, wait, we haven't spent the money yet. It's only been a year, you know, but, you know, the 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 argument to that is, you know, it takes these same companies less than a year from research and development, from concept con, from, from conceptualization to research and development to actually processes to production to shipment of all these little cool gadgets that we use and all this new technology, you know, Amazon, for example, you know, they've got this huge monster of a logistics thing, operations that they've got down packed to where pretty much anybody in America can order something and within two, one to two, one to three days, mm -hmm. I can have that package at my front door. So while you can make the argument that, hey, we've got to do all this work and we've got to figure out the best way to implement and we've got to figure out where this stuff should go and who will be benefited from it the most. Uh, yeah, try again, because my old saying, if you want to get it done, you will figure out a way to get it done. If you mm -hmm. don't want to get it done, you'll find every excuse in a book as to why you can't get it done. And I think that can apply to this particular, you know, subject as what companies, you know, have they been actually, have they made good on their promises to do all this change and give all this money in the midst of, in the wake of George Floyd and the protests over the summertime, right? Uh, the second question was, uh, has anything changed? It, it would be tough to find concrete ways or concrete things Outside of some, I give, you know, some of these states credit that there have been some changes as to policing. For example, I think one of the big the big pushes in the wake of George Floyd is police reform. Right. You know, uh, George Floyd's family was I think we were going to get into this eventually, mm -hmm. but they, you know, their family was uh, brought to the White House. They had a sit down, sincere air quotes because I wasn't there, <laughs> a sincere conversation with, you know, President uh, Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. And according to George Floyd family, you know, he they they get the impression that he meant all the words as a result of this conversation. You know, again, that's a lot of talk. But, you know, the you know, Biden has or this administration, you know, as far as their deadline or timeline, rather, as to when they were going to, you know, um, push forward any meaningful, you know, um, legislation, pop, yeah, legislation towards police reform on a national level, uh, that uh, that deadline has uh, passed, you know, uh, passed from his deadline. So outside of the company taking a somewhat hard look at itself, maybe not even a hard look, a somewhat hard look outside of some states making some changes to some police reform, some of the main things that we need, you know, national police reform, you know, a qualified immunity stripped away. I think that's the one thing we need out of there. Yeah. These police officers personally 
need, need to, to be, be held, held accountable. accountable and responsible. Who knows? Maybe that will dictate how they treat people on the front end when they are directly responsible for the end results on the back end. Yeah, because as taxpayers, we are paying these payouts. Right. It's not and coming just, from. And they can just go to another police force yeah. if something happens. Especially if they resign and aren't right. fired. I mean, even so, if they are fired still. Um, outside of America somewhat kind of taking a look at itself and having to come to terms somewhat of what America is, I don't think too much has changed. Now, there have been some movements toward change, but not actual change a year later. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to take the floor any little bit longer, but I follow a uh, a uh, group on Instagram called the Black Dollar Index, and they kind of were shout out to Kavon Noel and some of those guys from doing that. And basically what they do is they dig into the data and analytics and all of the, you know, publicly available information to uh, from big corp com- companies and corp- corporations and find out how they are using the black dollar, how they're using black data, how they're using information based on African-Americans, because, again, we are a multiple trillion spending group. Right. So mm-hmm. one of the things they put on Instagram kind of fits into the story is. Um, they put a post and say, we've spent the last year digging through uh, reports and corporate websites to curate enough information for consumers to better understand how transparent and committed these companies are to racial equity in black America. So their image on Instagram says five learnings one year later. So this is almost ties into mm-hmm. a year after George Floyd, what kind of fits into our story, right? One of the things that they say is chief diversity officer. This title that all all of a sudden sprouted up Mm -hmm. is an inflated title. Many companies made hires in this space and relatively new C-suite role. Mm -hmm. You talk about your executives, vice president, Mm -hmm. senior vice president. Uh, New C-suite role is becoming more common, yet many of these uh, offices or these positions do not sit within the corporate leadership and do not have the same level of authority and influence as of their as their other C-suite counterparts. Mm -hmm. This reads as being more empty symbolism and less accountability. That's one. Another one, uh, su- supplier diversity is a large yet underreported area for economic impact. We we're talking about all of the smaller companies that may feed into a larger company. You know, I may I may make uh, precious metals or something, and then Apple uses me as a supplier. I give them the metal, and then they make the MacBook, for example, right? Mm-hmm. That's supplier diversity, right? Unfortunately, not all companies have supplier diversity programs commitments, and those who do, the information is shared at very blanketed dollar amounts are not provided. This means that a company could be touting their supplier diversity efforts, but allocating most of their dollars to women-owned businesses or veteran-owned businesses and leaving black-owned businesses out. So basically, they say, yeah, we... We, you know, we provide minorities with uh, contracts, but they could be, you know. There are lots of kinds of minorities outside of race. Exactly. Veterans are minorities. Mm -hmm. Women are minorities. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about. Disabled people are minorities. Right. But if we're talking about George Floyd. And black people specific. And Americans, we're talking about specifically black folks. You know, you can muddy the waters there. Right. Yeah. Another one is many of the dollar commitments are conflated. So this goes to that 4.5 
$4.56 billion and all these other pledges made by these companies. While the wealth gap widens and black people are being murdered by the police at a higher rate than other racial groups, these dollar commitments are going to blanketed, underserved, or uh, biopic. Bi- bi- what is it? Black, indigenous people, people of, of color? color? Yep. It makes very unclear how much investment is being made specifically in black America. Corporations need to be more clear and more intentional with their commitments. Uh, last one, many of the dollar commitments are spread across years. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about what has actually been done last year, it takes it makes it more difficult to measure. For example, Goldman Sachs, $10 billion capital investment commitment is spread over 10 years. This is a commitment that has not been, been not yet been fully executed on. But we as consumers should be frequently updated on allocations per year. So, you know, kind of like that thing. It's like they make commitments. It's not specific. It's not, it's very generic and it's very dense. Right. Right. And that Uh, 5.6 billion number that Terrence is referencing, it's from an article uh, that we're uh, on Fast Company by uh, Barry uh, Williams. And um, it basically says that 159 companies um, have pledged a cash value of around that 4.56 billion. And what I took from her article that ties in with what you were just reading is the fact that all of this, um, the dis- dispute distribution of funds, um, uh, grants, all of it is self, um, managed by these companies. Mm-hmm. So there's no type of external accountability and oversight of oversight mm-hmm. of what's going on, you know, with this money. And so it, it leaves a gap of, like you said, they, these companies can say we've given to, you know, minority groups, but not, it could, that could be a different group of people. Black people could be included in those. There are black women, there are black veterans. Um, but what about black people who fall outside of those say two things? Mm-hmm. So it's not specifically just for black people. Right. And to piggyback off of that, I think. This country has a tough time either admitting or committing to projects, legislation, legislator, legislature, any sort of any sort of uh, commitment to black people specifically. And the reason why that is so important is because we, as black folks, had a major role or major part in this country being built. And I think for this country, you know, to admit, you know, of course, we got black history, you know, we got this thing. But then, you know, it's it's like, a OK, we'll give you this. Now, shut up. Right. right. I think this company uh, country rather has a tough time coming to terms to, as it relates to black people specifically. As it relates to black people specifically because it it's it will peel back that band-aid of a scar that has not healed. Mm-hmm. And the scar will never heal until you actually address it. Give it Putting some air. this band-aid on top of it, you know, uh uh just dancing around it, or like like you said in the story, you know, a blanketed 
you know, approach to where it includes everybody, you know, instead of saying specifically this as it relates to black American, black, black folks in America, I think, I don't think, I don't know if the country will ever, um, and I hate to be, you know, Debbie Downer, (laughs) (laughs) um, but that's going to be a tough one, a tough pill for America to swallow, to finally say, look, we have wrong, we have done wrong. We have wronged for the longest and we're sorry. This is the changes we're going to make. When you look at it, not just with George Floyd, you talk about uh, the 1619 project, mm-hmm. right? What they're doing to her and right. what they're, they're doing to the project block- itself. Hey, right. They're blocking her tenure. So I, I'm, I can't recall what specific school she's trying to get tenure at. But North University of North Carolina, where she got her master's yeah, and she yeah. has an undergraduate in, from Notre Dame. But their reasoning was she doesn't have a traditional academic background. Right. And we know what time it is. We, we already know. Of the 1619 Project, yeah. for those who don't know, it really kind of examines the origin of Blacks in America, how they got here specifically from that date on, on forward, right? right. To, to, really to now. <laughs> generalize it, right? And even, you know, so when something as impactful like that comes out, that is the origin. That is the core of America. And I don't think America wants to accept our place in its core, so much so that when the 1619 Project came out, the previous administration, they came out with their own, what is it, 1777? Six commission, some commission. bogus. Yeah. Yeah, to kind of say, well, look, you know, every, look, don't look at this. Some of the slaves were happy. Some right. of the slave let's, owners weren't bad. Let's look at all the positives, you know, and then you look at people like Rick Santorum, who, you know, made that statement you know he was finally for those who don't know i think he was a uh republican from florida i think um and you know he was a regular on cnn and he would be like the you know the republican voice of you know cnn they're supposed to be moderate things of that nature Mm -hmm. you know he spoke at some event and he was like you know america was born from nothing and we got you know the the popular term the kids use today got it out the mud <laughs> you know sir and they, really and we, sir america we we built america from nothing we picked native ourselves americans, up by our bootstraps <laughs> right native americans yeah they were here but they don't yeah. count you know so statements like that yeah. i think america wants to be known as this country that had all of these great ideas and had this way it wanted to do things and buck the traditional system. And sweep everything and like else under the rug. Right. And like you said, built itself up by its bootstraps and turned into, within this short period of time, the greatest country in the world, right? But they don't want to recognize and don't want it to accept the things that it did, truly did, to get here, yeah. you know? But yeah, they do think- it. They do it for certain groups. They've done it for Jewish people. Um, the Holocaust—that's sacred. We don't, you know. It's one of those things where we are very, as a country, very reverent to their struggle. Very right. reverent to the the way that the Jewish people were. I oh, mean, just goodness. murdered, annihilated, mm-hmm. just for their religion. We have um, for, I think, I don't want to get it wrong, so I'll just say Asian as a blanket statement. There was a quote-unquote, yeah, the, uh, a mm-hmm. reparations for, for mm-hmm. those folks as well. So it's not like 
this country can't do anything about it or, or, you know, haven't been able to put action around it. But when it comes to black folks, when it comes to indigenous folks, even though they, they gave the indigenous, quote unquote, gave the indigenous mm-hmm. people reservations and tax breaks and, you know, mm-hmm. different things, they wiped, this was those people's land. Right. And they mm-hmm. did the bare minimum and think that Native Americans should be happy with that while they are some of the, some, they are in some of the most abject poverty, mm-hmm. um, murder, you know, rates, you know, pop, all of those things. And their then. lands are completely stripped of all Stripped the of resources. all their natural resources. <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. want to give them any type of, you know, acknowledgement that this is their country. That. Right you know, Western people came in and stole. And as far as black people, y'all got the right to vote now. So y'all should just be happy and shut up. We had a black mm-hmm. president one time. So, I mean. And we'll, and we'll push and are actively pushing against the true history mm-hmm. of blacks in America to yeah. be told. You know, you've got this critical race theory argument to where. That you they're know, even wrong fighting, about. Right. People are fighting tooth and nail to literally hide the true history the, the atrocities in this country stories, yeah you know from from conception on up until now you know you've got stories about you know greenwood district which we call black wall street you know they are really trying to get these stories uncovered and what i'm learning in them actually trying to go back and tell the stories the right way specifically with black wall street in tulsa oklahoma was the fact that they really tried to erase literally erase erase any story any historical mentions of that atrocity not just say let's move on it happened we're sorry our bad let's move on they were like no we're going to actively try to hide and erase this story because they know that they were wrong stuff like that happened all the time Mm -hmm. from tulsa to rosewood to philadelphia to all of these places to where there have been um, uh, black folks who have tried to make change, who've tried to speak up for themselves. And it's like, you are not a true member. They want to treat us as you're not a true member of this society. Uh, society that you built. That you helped us build. Yeah. And, you know, again, all around the world to say, you know, going back to the original point was, you know, it's going to take more than you know, uh, George Floyd is going to take more than, you know, uh, police reform It's going to take this for things to change. It's going to take this country finally coming to terms, having a Jesus moment Mm -hmm. with itself to admit and to recognize. And we're not at, you know, to, to, to recognize, I'll finish my statement to recognize the impact and the input and the influence that blacks had on this country to where it is today. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that's reparations. I don't know if that's free college. Who knows? I don't think black people know, you know, because we're still trying to and are fighting for civil rights and don't not to be killed. So, you know, bare minimum. Whole, <laughs> right. As a whole, I don't think we've done a lot of effort to what what is it? Yeah. You know, but at the very least, it recognize and reconcile what you mm-hmm. have done. It's it's proof everywhere of what you've done. And 
Ignoring it, pretending that it doesn't happen, trying to rewrite the story does not change the fact of what we all know. And the image of um, George Floyd's daughter, Gianna, um, Mm -hmm. the door being open held by the held open by the Marine that's, Mm -hmm. you know, floating around. It's a beautiful image. But let's be clear. This child should not have to be walking into the White House trying Mm -hmm. to help them get a bill passed, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, Mm -hmm. she shouldn't, this is a baby. Mm -hmm. She shouldn't have to, she shouldn't be used in this way to try and garner the support and sympathy from folks who honestly, they ain't gonna have it. Never have, never will. She shouldn't have to be, you know, put out there saying, my dad changed the world. Mm-hmm. That should not have to be put on George Floyd, and that right. should not have to be put on his daughter, and that should not have to be put on any of his family. What it boils down to is that recognize what you're doing is wrong and prosecute the people who are doing it and put safety measures in place so that it doesn't happen again. That's right. it's it's literally that simple. But right. you know, anytime you have anything about policing act in any type of context people just lose their freaking minds it's a defense mechanism it's a cover it's a distraction it's a diversion i mean I, again it goes back to you know the real problem isn't george floyd the real problem isn't policing the real problem is this country is having a tough time reconciling its racial issues yeah. and until it does it We'll keep having these things. This time next year, we'll be talking about somebody else. It'll be a different hashtag. Right. Somebody else will be going to trial. Police officer will be going to trial. We'll be on pins and needles as to whether or not they'll get convicted or not. You know, um, it'll keep going. Vicious cycle. Right. And it's, and, you know, one thing we can't do is stop because I think that's what, you know, people want to just, can we just, you, you're bringing up race. Stop. Why <laughs> does race problem. have to be in everything? Stop right. talking about it. Start yeah. bringing up. But y'all still can't stop talking about being beat uh, by the North. You still right. having whole mm-hmm. rallies and shows and weekends to commemorate losing. Right. But you want us mm-hmm. to let go of racism when there are tangible, you know, right. disparities for black people because of what happened, right. you know, they 400 were- years ago. Right. They want to say, stop. You bringing up racism is the problem. No, Why are you bringing racism, up old stuff? Racism is the problem, not us bringing it up. Right. Fix racism and we won't have nothing to talk about. Right. Because all we literally are asking for is to not be murdered and to be able to live in harmony and in the safety of knowing that, you know, we're going to be okay. We're asking for the bare minimum when we have every right to want to burn the place down and, you know, expect more, but we'll settle for not being killed. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um, don't have anything for the hookup this week. I know I no. don't. No. Uh, plug up your computers and your phones and your tablets and <laughs> let them update. Yep. <laughs> let them update charge. overnight. Perfect. Yep. It ain't going to kill the battery if you let it charge. I don't know where that myth came from to where if you keep it plugged up too long, it's going to drain the battery. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> and even if it does, you won't notice the difference. Right. Exactly. 
All right, that is our show for this week. Definitely download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Be sure to engage with us on social media. We're at Cast everywhere, including Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Definitely be sure to go to our YouTube channel at Cast. Like and subscribe to our channel, where you can also watch previous um, episodes. Um, Also, feel free to leave us comments and suggestions on our website, snobwestcast.com, or shoot us over an email, snobwestcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, you can do that in two ways, by becoming a patron um, at patreon.com slash snobwestcast. For $5 a month, you will get access to our pre-show content, access to our live show taping, and access to our um, chat community. If you uh, want the second way you can support the show is by giving us a one time or multiple time love offering over at PayPal. We are at paypal.me slash And I think that's it for this week. That is it. We will Peace. see you again. Bye.